This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. Back to the Relic Radio Show. This week's hour of radio drama begins with The Avenger. We'll hear Rendezvous with Murder from March 30th, 1946. After that, it's The Six Shooter and Duel at Lockwood. That story aired March 21st, 1954. The Avenger. The road to crime ends in a trap that justice sets. Crime does not pay. Avenger's sworn enemy of evil is actually Jim Brandon, a famous biochemist. Through his numerous scientific experiments, Brandon has perfected two inventions to aid him in his crusade against crime as the Avenger. The telepathic indicator, by which he is able to pick up thought flashes, and the secret diffusion capsule, which cloaks him in the black light of invisibility. Brandon's assistant, the beautiful Fern Collier, is the only one who shares his secrets and knows that he is the man the underworld fears as the Avenger. And now... The Avenger and Rendezvous with Murder. There's a train coming, Bates. We better hide over there behind the bushes until it goes past. Oh, nobody will notice us, Tamper. It's nearly done. I'm not taking any chances. Come on. You're okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're out of sight here. Yeah, well, who's going to see us out here on this lonely road? I'd like to know. A brakeman or engineer, maybe. How many years do you have to spend in the pen before you learn not to take any chances on witnesses? Oh, lay off that tavern, will you? We're out now, ain't yeah, we? Yeah, but I'm not forgetting them five years, Bates. I know because you bungle a small-time stick-up. Why, we could have pulled this Glenhurst bang job long ago if we hadn't landed in the jug. Fly low so the train goes past. Yeah. Okay, it's gone. Let's get out of here, Tapper. This, this place gives me the creeps. Yeah. I'd just as soon forget what happened to this crossing myself. 
Say, is this the spot where we planted that contract with the tracks six years ago? Sure it is. Yeah, right down the road. There's a place where you and me jumped out of the car and sent it headlong into the 815. Yeah, that's right. Say, I recognize it now. Hey, what'd you come this way for, Tapper? I don't, I don't like to think of that guy we bumped off. You know, murder's one rap you can't... Shut be... up. Nobody said it was murder, did they? The police said it was an accident, just like we planned. It was a pretty slick job all around. Well, maybe, but I still don't see why we had to park our car and come this way. I suppose you'd sooner go down Main Street so everybody could get a gander at us, huh? Oh, right here. Hmm? Turn, turn this way, through these gates. Hey, Tapper, what's the idea? That's a graveyard. Sure. And there ain't a better place for two guys to lay low for a couple hours. Come on. Oh, I don't like this, Tapper. It's it's like, well, like the coppers are all shooting off about. Returning to the scene of the crime. It's it's like we was trying to put a jinx on ourselves. Oh, damn that kind of gab. What's the matter, Bates? Are you turning yellow? No. Only I Come was Come on, just... then. We'll go over there under them trees and stretch out and have a smoke. Yeah. Well... How long we got to wait in this place? Well, it won't be safe to start working on the bank until close to midnight. I figure it shouldn't take us more than an hour to pull out that little section of wall, grab the swag, cover our tracks, and hit the road. Oh, yeah, yeah let's, let's sit down here. Okay. Uh, hey, uh, give me a light, will you, Bates? Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, look, look at that, will you? What now? That, that tombstone. Look what it says. Put your flashlight on it and, and stop blubbering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hold it steady, will you? Okay. In memory of Peter Moultrie. It's that contractor guy we bumped off. That was his name, Moultrie. P- Peter Moultrie. Hey, hey, yeah, that's him, all right. Well, I'm getting out of here. Stay where you are, Bates. This guy Moultrie's been dead and buried for almost six years. He can't hurt us. Yeah, but Tapper, I tell you, this place is a jinx. Let's pull out, huh? Are you nuts? Sit down. We've got some plans to make. Yeah, but this job's got the finger on it, Tapper. I, I can feel Shut it. Shut up and listen to me. There's a couple of hundred grand just waiting for us down there in the Glenhurst Bank. All we got to do is go in and take it. I know. Now, here's gotta... the blueprint of the bank I snitched when we was helping build the place. Yeah, hold, hold it a little lower. All right. Uh, okay. Now, here's the section of the back wall we rigged. Plenty of room to crawl through. Yeah, but what if somebody hears us knocking the wall out? Not a chance. We fixed that section, so it's as weak as putty. Now, this muffled hammer will loosen the bricks. Well, are you sure about the alarm, tap? Sure. Hey, remember how we looped the wires? Uh-huh. That'll keep the alarm dead within the limits I've marked here. Now, how about the vault? You got all that dope straight, base? Yeah, yeah, I can open that, all right. Now, we gotta be careful about fingerprints. Don't forget, we've got to wreck it now, and they'll nab us pronto if we leave any calling cards. Uh-huh. I got all that, Tapper. Okay. Now, after we put the dough in the car... We go back and patch up that hole in the wall. That's the part I don't like. I don't see why you want to do that, Tapper. Because that'll give us a whole extra day to get away. That's why. Now, this is Saturday night. If nobody notices anything wrong with the wall, the stick-up won't be discovered until Monday morning. Yeah. I guess you're right at that. Now, now let's grab a couple hours rest. We'll need it when we start driving. Yeah? <laughs> sure. This is the best place in the world to sleep. <laughs> Sweet dreams, pal. Hey, what's that? Huh? Hey, Tapper! Hey, Tapper! Take it easy, Bates. What, what's that? Wait a minute. It's only a dog running down toward the freight yard. Oh. 
What time is it, Tapper? Uh, 10.30. It's time for us to start moving, huh? Bates, I've been thinking. There's just one thing that could trip us up on this job. What's that? It's a long shot, but it's the kind of long shot I don't like. Well, listen, Tapper. You can count me out if it ain't foolproof. I ain't gonna we do anything. We can make it foolproof, Bates. Uh, well, I, I don't get you. Well, when we was helping build that bank, we went under phony names and kept to ourselves. Yeah, we was careful, all right. You... You wouldn't let me go no yeah, place? Yeah, but remember Moultrie's little girl coming around one day and taking pictures of all the men on the job? No, no, I don't remember that. Well, she did. Later, I got negatives from her, but now I'm wondering if she'd have kept them pictures. Well, what if she did? What's the difference? Plenty. The minute this stick-up's discovered and they get a gander at that pulled-out wall, the coppers will know it was framed by somebody who helped build the place. <laughs> and then they'll start investigating all them guys, huh? Yeah. Yeah, but they'll be up a blind alley about us because of them phony names. Huh? That's where the pictures figure in. That girl would turn them in and the police would match them up with two guys in the rogues gallery by the name of Tapper and Bates. Uh-oh, that sells it. Count me out. Nothing doing. You and me are going to pay a little visit to Miss Janice Moultrie. We've got to get them pictures. Oh, not me. You're not I... afraid to steal a few snapshots from a kid, are you? No, only... Well, look, Tapper... She she won't be a kid now. She'll she'd be grown up. So what? Nothing, I guess. Well, when do we get started? In another ten minutes. Say, Tapper, what if that Moultrie girl gets in our way? Then it's just gonna be too bad for her. Because I'm not gonna let any dame stand between me and that money. We'll get them pictures, Bate. If we have to plant that girl right down there beside her old man. Jim, it was sweet of you to drive all the way down here to Glenhurst to take Janice and me to the charity rally. Pure selfishness on my part, Fern. I miss you when you go away for weekends. Oh, that's nice. For a while, it looked as though both Janice and I were going to be stood up. Why? I thought Bill Cummings was going along. He called Janice half an hour ago. He has to work. Oh. Something about drawing up a will for a sick client. Oh, that's too bad. I was looking forward to seeing Bill again. Well, maybe after the rally. No, I can't. Inspector White's going to call me at my hotel at 11.30. I'll have to be there to get his call. We'll have to leave the rally early, then. Dinner will be ready in a few minutes. I bet you'll both starve. Oh, Fern is always starving, Janice. Tell me, did she have an appetite like that when she went to school? Always. But how she managed to keep Slim on it was what time eat the rest of us. I see where I'm in for ribbon. (laughs) Jim, I'm awfully glad you could come. I want to talk to you about Dad. Your father? Yes, Janice still isn't convinced that it was an accident, Jim. No, I'm not, Jim. Oh, I know it was a long time ago, and everyone seems to have forgotten all about it except me. Well, it's natural for you to feel like that, Janice, but the police investigated the case thoroughly at the time, and there was no hint of foul play. I know all that, Jim, but I knew my father. He was a most careful driver, and it was never established what he was doing out there on that lonely road that night. Well, I'll recheck all the evidence tomorrow. It'll make you feel any better, Janice. Thanks, Jim. Oh, hello, Bosco, old boy. Come here, boy. <laughs> well, I believe old Bosco's glad to see me. Oh, Bosco, get down. No, no, it's all right, Janice. Come on, boy. Hiya, boy. Hiya, son. We'd better go Come into on, dinner boy. now so we can get started for the rally. Don't bother getting out of the car, Jim. You'd better drive straight to the hotel to get the inspector's call. Yeah, it's uh, 11 o'clock now. After your call comes, Jim, why don't you pick up Bill at his office and both of you come back for a snack? Yes, do. Oh, that'll be fine. 
Now, let's see. Bill's office is on the second floor of the bank building, isn't it? That's right. We'll expect you in about an hour, then. Yeah, maybe less. So long. Bye, Jim. I wonder where Bosco is. He usually meets us at the gate. Oh, he's probably down at the freight yard. The men down there on the meat cars are always feeding him. Oh, they spoil him terribly. <laughs> now, where's my key? Oh, here it is. Oh, I'm glad you're here, Fern. I always dread coming into this house alone when Aunt Martha's away. What was that? Oh, Bosco must be here. Turn on the living room light, Fern. Bosco! Bosco, where are you? Stay right where you are, both of you. What do you want? What have you been doing in my house? We just dropped in to have a look at your picture album, Miss Moultrie. My picture album? Yeah, where is it? I won't tell you. No? Well, maybe this gun will make you change your mind. Now I remember you. I remember both of you. You worked for my father on the bank construction job six years ago. You've got a good memory, Miss Moultrie, and that's just too bad for you. Now talk. Where's them pictures? I won't give them to you. Well, we'll see. Give her the arm treatment, Bates. I'll keep this other dame covered. All right, sister. Start singing and make it fast. We're in a hurry. Let me go. No. There you are. No, I won't tell. Oh, let her alone. Oh, no, no. Shut up, you. Well, Miss Moultrie, are you going to talk, or does Bates have to break your arm? Oh, tell them, Janice. Don't let them hurt you like that. All right. Let go of my arm. I'll tell you. Be quick about it, then. The album's in a chest in that closet. Get it, Bates. Okay. I know what you're after now. You want those pictures I took of you. Smart girl. Too smart. Hey, did you find it, Bates? Yeah, the album's here, all right. Well, hurry up. See if the pictures are in it. Yeah, well. Uh, here they are. Hey, they're good, too. Now, will you take them and get out of here? Uh, we'd be pretty dumb to do that, wouldn't we? No, you two dames are coming with us. Coming with you? Why? Security reasons. I've learned that the only good witness is a dead witness. You can't get away with a thing like this. You yes. know you... Go bring the car up in front of the house. We're all going for a little ride. <laughs> Avenger and the Rendezvous with Murder. 
graveyard. Why you brought us here? We better let you off easy. We're sending you two dames off on a little trip. What are you talking about? You'll see. Uh, pull up here, Tapper. Uh, get out and open up one of them refrigerator cars, Bates. Sure. No. No, please. You're Come on. This is the end of the line. Get out. Fern, what can we do? Nothing. Get out, I said. And one peep out of either of you, and it'll be your last. How you doing, Bates? Over here, Tapper. These cars are packed and ready to go. I got one of the doors open, though. Okay. Throw the dames in. Okay, come on, Please, Susie. not Get in there. Throw her inside, Bates. All yeah, right, Tapper. Now the other one. Come no. on. Come on, yeah. Victor. Yeah. Get in there. There we are. Now close the door and fix the lock. Wait. Okay. Yeah. That's that. Come on, Bates. Janice. Maybe someone will hear us before the freight pulls out. I can't, Fern. My hands are getting numb. Oh, pound hard. It'll keep the circulation going. What's the use? We're doomed, Fern. We might as well face it. Oh, Janice, don't give up, please. (laughs) It's Bosco. Oh, yes. Call to him, Janice. Bosco. Bosco, it's Janice. Get help, Bosco. What's happening? Help. Jim Brandon, Bill. I must have gone, I guess. Well, that's strange. Bill wouldn't leave his office on the lock. Let's take a look. What's that hammering, I wonder? Coming from below that back window. Ah, something very interesting going on down there. I wonder if Bill could have seen that. Better flash my light around here before I could... Bill! Somebody knocked him out cold. Now it looks as though this is another job for the Avenger. Hold it a minute, Bates. Huh? What's up? Yeah. There's a copper pounding his beat on the other side of the street. Yeah, that Flatfoot better keep moving if he knows what's good for Shut him. Shut up. Is he gone? Turning the corner now. Okay, we can get back to work. Right. Uh, I'm finished at this end. How about you, Bates? Well, just a little more. Okay. Did you check the wires, Tepper? Yeah. They're just like we left them six years ago. Okay, I'm ready. Good. Uh, Crawling. The vault's right inside on the left. Yeah, yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, please. Oh, boy, oh, boy, what a setup. This plan was foolproof. There's the vault, Bates. Get busy. Hey, uh, give me some light here, will you? Uh-huh. Yeah. Gotta hand it to you, Tapper. 
This was a pretty sweet idea you dreamed up six years ago. Now you're willing to admit it was worth bumping off Moultrie for, huh? <laughs> sure was. You know, that door is as good as ours right now. What was that? I heard a funny noise. Yeah, so did I, but... There can't be anybody in here. Can't there, Tapper? Who's there? It's the Avenger, Tapper. I'm here to settle an old score for Peter Moultrie. Somebody framed us, Tapper. Let's blow No. He's one against the two of us. We can take care of him. Grab that crowbar, Bates. I'll flash the light around. We'll find him. There's nobody here, Tapper. He's gone. No, I'm still here, Bates. But you can't see me. The boys came from that corner. Start swinging, Bates. Oh, hey. Somebody hit Keep me. swinging, you fool. We've got him cornered. Well, I think I hit something, Tapper. Hey, give me the light. Yeah. I don't see nothing. Well, that's mighty funny. I hit somebody, but there's nobody here. You're nuts. He got away. That's what. Yeah. Come on, Bates. We gotta take it on the lamp. The cops will be here in a minute. They won't get far. As soon as I set off this burglar alarm, I'll start after them. I'm giving her all she got. Mr. Jalopy ain't got wings, you know. Hey, hey, look, Tepper. There's a car following her. Yeah? Hey, you're right. Hey, it must be that Avenger guy. I told you you didn't get him. I did. I hit him, but then he... Then he disappeared, I know. He scrammed, that's what he did. Hey, he's gaining on us. Give him a dose of lead, Bates. It's him or us now. Well, I'll try to hit his tires. Uh, did you get him? No, he's still coming. He's turned his headlights off. Try again. We're going too fast, Tapper. I can't get a beat on him. Hey. There's a railroad crossing up ahead and a freight's coming. Yeah. If we can beat that freight to the crossing, we can lose this guy. It'll be close, but it's our only chance. Sit tight. What's the matter with the car, Tapper? I don't know. The engine. It sounds like we're out of gas. We can't make it, Tapper. Stop. We gotta make it. Hey, we're still on the tracks. Stop, Tapper! Blakeman, over here. Bring your light. Well, if I ever saw anybody ask for what they got, those fellas did. Know who they were? Yeah, they just broke into the bank in Glenhurst. I saw them making a way and followed. Yeah? Well, they didn't get far. No, they certainly didn't. Say, that's Bosco. Come here, Bosco. Come here, boy. The freight all the way from the yard. Down. Down, Bosco, down. What's the matter, boy? What's it? Oh, he's out of scraps from that refrigerator car. I don't think so. I'm going to have a look. What is it, Bosco? What's the matter, boy? What are you trying to tell me? Somebody's in there. What's up? Somebody's inside that car, Brakeman. I heard a pounding on the door. I don't hear anything. Open up that car. I tell you, there's someone in there. Listen, bud, there can't be anybody in there. That's a sealed car. Sealed? Take a look at that door. That railroad seal's been broken. Yeah, you're right. Okay, mister, I'll open her up. There. Well, I'll be... It's Fern and Janice. Give me a hand, Brakeman. Sure. Yeah, there, it's all right, Fern. You're safe now. Here, quick. Help me get them out of here. They're almost frozen.
Are you sure you feel well enough to drive home today, Fern? Yes, I'm all right now, Jim. Of course, I don't feel in the mood for any winter sports yet. Have another hot drink, Fern. Thank you, Janet. There's just one more thing I'm not quite clear on, Jim. And what's that, Janet? Why did those criminals try to get rid of Bill? I think Bill can get you straight on that. What happened, Bill? Well, I was hard at work in my office when I heard a strange hammering sound below the back window. I looked out and saw two men down below. But when I called down to find out what was going on, they just disappeared around the side of the building. I decided to go down and investigate. But before I had time to get out of the office, the two men came in. One of them turned off the light and covered me with a flashlight. And the other one must have worked his way around behind me and hit me over the head. I see. Then when Jim came to call for you, he discovered what was going on. That's right. As soon as I saw what Tapper and Bates were up to, I went down and drained the gasoline out of their car and then followed them into the bank. I wanted to get a line on them, so I listened to them talking for a while before I did anything. What did you find out, Jim? Well, they were boasting about how they'd planned the robbery six years ago. Evidently, Janice's father discovered what they were doing, so they killed him and made it look like an accident. Mm -hmm. But if you were in the bank with them, Jim, how did they make a getaway in their car? Well, that hole in the wall left the bank wide open. I had to sound the alarm before I followed them. Anyway, I knew they couldn't get far with a gas tank that was practically empty. It really seems as though those two men had a rendezvous with justice at that crossing, doesn't it? Yes, it was another so-called perfect crime that backfired. Well, you just try to put it out of your mind now, Janice. Okay, Bill. Come on, I'll put a fresh dressing on your head. The doctor said to change every hour. Yes, nurse. We'll be back in a minute. Take your time. Jim, one doesn't have to be a detective to figure out that we'll be coming to Glenhurst for a wedding very soon. It certainly looks that way, Fern. Jim, do you suppose that we could... Could, uh, what, Fern? Do you suppose that we could... Could have picked up all this on a telepathic indicator if we had stayed at home? names, places, and plots used in the Avenger program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons, live or dead, is purely coincidental. This is a thought, a thought, a thought. Remember, listen for another adventure of... The Avenger. In a moment, you'll hear James Stewart as the Six Shooter, just one of the many fine programs brought to you Sundays on NBC. Later this evening, listen to the NBC Star Playhouse with one of your favorite stars. Here, meet the press, America's number one newsmaking program. And be sure to keep tuned for the dramatic story of communism in America on Last Man Out, a wonderful lineup of great programs, all of them heard only on NBC. James Stewart as the Six Shooter. (laughs) 
man in a saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl. Its handle unmarked. People call them both the sick shooter. The NBC Radio Network presents James Stewart as the Sick Shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponson, the Texas plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. Now, in just a moment, you'll hear Act One of The Sick Shooter. But first... I want to be sure that all of you know that beginning next week, we change our day and time of broadcast. Instead of Sundays, we'll be on the air Thursday evenings. In other words, our next six-shooter program will be broadcast Thursday, April 1st, and every Thursday thereafter. For time of broadcast, please consult the listing in your local newspaper. We hope you like our new Thursday evening time. Now, Act One of The Six-Shooter. Starring James Stewart. Oh, I hope. Wes? Wes! What are you hollering about, Jim Cassidy? I'm looking for Wes, Miss Singer. You know where I can find him? Lockwood, maybe. No, ma'am. He ain't in town this morning. I just come from there. The jail in Lockwood. That's where he might be. Now, Miss Singer, Wes ain't in jail no more. That's all over now. All over? Sure. And nobody's apt to try arresting him again, either. They'll arrest him again, Jim, someday. Don't make no mistake about that. They'll arrest him or they'll kill him. We all got to go sooner or later, Granny. Oh, Wes, but I... if I was as close to my time as you are to yours, I wouldn't be talking about killing and dying so much. Your time's closer than you think, Wes. Maybe even closer than mine. Doggone it, Wes. She told me you wasn't even to home. Ah, Granny's getting cantankerous in her old age, that's all. But what do you want? Uh, nothing special. Nothing special. I, uh... Just thought maybe you'd like to know Britt Ponsett's in Lockwood. Ponsett? Y- yeah. He's staying at the hotel. Well, why didn't you say so before? Well, what's the difference? You wasn't serious the other day. I wish you couldn't have been. He's the sick shooter. You'll find out whether I was serious or not. I'll be in Lockwood at 4 o'clock this afternoon. Maybe, maybe Ponsett will be gone. He won't you. leave. Not if he hears I'm coming in to pay him a visit. You mean, you want folks to know what you're aiming to do? Sure, why not? Well, Sheriff Hittleman ain't gonna like the idea. He made that plain enough last week. You think I'd let Ben Hittleman get in my way? (laughs) Well, I'll grant you it wouldn't mean much, killing an old geezer who should have been put out to pasture ten years ago. Wes, you But if he asks for it, I reckon I'll have to oblige him. Now go on, spread the word. We ought to draw a good-sized crowd, this six-shooter and me. Well, 
Well, as soon as we'd finished fencing in the last couple of thousand acres on the tip-top ranch, old man Jeffer sent me into Lockwood to get some signs printed up. He wanted everybody to know that he owned the biggest spread in this part of the state, and he figured posting these signs every quarter of a mile or so would do the trick. Of course, the wording had to be just right. He wrote it all down so I wouldn't forget it. Tip-top ranch, property of Rex Jeffers, keep out. This means you. Trespassers will be shot at sight. If you ain't able to read this notice, keep out anyway. Rex Jeffers means what he says. Signed, Rex Jeffers. It's Thursday night when I got into town and the office of the Lockwood Clarin was closed. But first thing Friday morning, I headed over to give Pete Drum the order. Pete Pete was the owner of the Clarin. What in thunder is Rex thinking of, Britt? Folks all know where the tip-top starts in and where it leaves off. Besides, I thought he had a fence around it now. He has, he has, but I guess maybe Rex feels that ain't enough. Oh, 2,000 posters, just so he can see his name in print. All right, all right, I'll do them. But it'll cost him $15, that's my price. $15? Can't be done for a cent less. Paper's mm. expensive, Britt. Well, uh, how soon do you figure you can get at it, Pete? Oh, oh, I don't know. I've got me a few more of these auction handbills are in all. Then I suppose I can shift over to your order. Yeah, it's a good thing you're coming to town today. Oh? Monday I start getting ready for next week's paper. That ties me up clear into Thursday morning. And the way things have been happening around here lately... Well, well what do you mean, Pete? <clears throat> Now, don't tell me that you ain't heard. No, no, can't say I have. Well, sir, Lockwood's got a brand new gunfighter. Oh, gunfighter? Just a kid, but he's faster than grease lightning. The first thing you know, Wes Singer will be just about as well known as Sam Bass or Bill Longley or any of the rest of them dead eyes. Wes Singer? Uh Two killings in less than a month. That's what has got to his credit so far. Mm -hmm. Wyatt Barker. He was the first. Wyatt and Wes got into some kind of a mix-up over to Charlie Jensen's place. Well, sir, Wes beat him to the draw and pumped four shots into Wyatt's body before it even hit the floor. You don't say. And afterwards, he just stood around there and he waited for Sheriff Hittleman to take him in for questioning. Why, he acted like he he didn't have a worry in the world. (laughs) And as things worked out, he was right. There was nothing the sheriff could charge him with, seeing as how Wyatt was already drawing his gun when Wes cut loose. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess that's enough of them handbills now. Yeah, yeah. Now, what happened to that paper you gave me, Brett? Oh, that? Well, you know the wording on it for your poster? Oh, 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 here it is. Right here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now, let's see. Mm, I suppose Rex Jeffers wants his name in the biggest type I've got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I reckon he'd he like to have it stand out good and plain. Oh, yes, he would. Well, well I guess this will have to do. It was big enough for Lincoln's assassination. It ought to be big enough for Rex. Anyhow, like I was saying, folks just didn't know what to make of West Singer and the way he'd killed Wyatt Barker. They wasn't sure whether it was one of those times when a young fellow just sort of flies off the handle and then settles down again afterwards. Or if Wes would take up gunslinging for a whole career. <laughs> About ten days later, they found out. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was on a Wednesday when he come riding down Main Street again. And we was all kind of curious to see how he'd behave. So uh, some of us sort of moseyed over to Charlie Johnson's place when he went inside. And we'd no more than got there 
before he was in a mix-up with Todd Apple. That's so. Oh, Britt, I tell you, if I hadn't seen it myself, I wouldn't have believed it. Wes outdrew Todd by almost a full second. Now, you've got to give the devil his due. Wes Singer is a fast man with a six-shooter. And I ought to know, I've seen the best. I've seen that gun of yours in action, Brett. Well, that was some time ago. Oh, you're still walking around on your hind legs? <laughs> That's a pretty good sign you ain't completely out of practice. Well, what about the sheriff? Didn't he arrest young Singer after the second shooting? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. He arrested him. Take a look at last week's clarion. Oh, it's right there on the counter behind you. There. Hmm? Oh. Oh, so Wes Singer acquitted. Jury finds Todd Apple killing was self-defense. Huh. Well, I guess they had to rule it that way since both men was armed, but... Sheriff Hiddleman, he sure didn't like it. He told Wes the next time he come into town stirring up trouble, he wouldn't be alive for no trial afterwards. Well, Ben Hiddleman's a man of his word, Singer ought to know that. Sheriff ain't as young as he used to be, Britt. And he's slowed down some these last few years. He slowed down a lot. Well, you take last winter when he went after Jake Gordon. If Jake's gun hadn't jammed, Ben wouldn't be here now. And believe me, Jake couldn't hold a candle to young Singer. All right, now. Not a candle. Oh, what happened to that other cave? I was sure I had two of them. Yeah, speaking of the sheriff, yeah, I think maybe I'll wander over and see how he's getting along. His office still around the corner? Yeah, here? same place as always. I'll drop back and see you later. Please. Okay, Britt. But you take it easy. Well, Lockwood never had been what you might call a real peaceful town. They'd had their share of gunfighters and shootings. No doubt about that. But Ben Hellman, he'd managed to keep things pretty well under control, so I figured he'd find some way to handle on this West Singer. As I turned the corner, I got a little glimpse of Ben through the side window of his office. He was putting on his hat and getting ready to go out somewhere. Uh, George Pete was right. Ben had aged, even more than I expected. He was carrying some extra weight and around his middle, too. Maybe that's what made him look shorter than I remembered him. His mustache had turned to kind of a brownish gray. Well, I opened the door and stepped inside. And for a minute or so, Ben didn't say anything. He just sort of stared at me, frowning. And then he sighed and took off his Stetson. Hello, Britt. Hi, Ben. I heard you was in town. I'm just going to start looking for you. Oh, well, I guess I saved you the trouble, huh? Yeah. How long you figured on staying in Lockwood, Britt? Oh, rest of the day, maybe part of tomorrow. Depends on how fast Pete Drum finishes up some printing he's doing for me. What's the matter? You actually get rid of me? No, no, no. If you were to run off now, that'd turn him into a holy terror for certain. Say so you left because you were scared of him. You know, holding him back after that. Well, now, just what the Sam Hill are you talking about, Dan? You ever hear of a fellow called Wes Singer? Lives out east of town? Yeah, yeah. Pete was just telling me about him. Well, it seems he's spoiling for a gunfight with you. With me? Yes. Why, I never laid eyes on the man in my life. Well, he knows you, at least by reputation. Oh. He got to shooting off his mouth the other day, telling some of his pals how he could out-trigger any man in the state. One of the boys who was listening brung up your name, said he'd bet you could teach Wes a few things about slapping leather. I see. Of course, Wes had to back up his bragging. He told him if he was ever to come around Lockwood, he'd show him who was the best shot. He'd show everybody. Oh, well, I imagine I just so much talk. At the time, maybe. But you're in town now. And if West don't do something about it, 
Well, he ain't gonna look like much. Besides, you're kind of a tempting target, Britt. Hmm? Well, what are you talking about, Dan? You're the six-shooter, aren't you? Any young gunfighter who put a bullet into you, well, that'd give him a real claim to fame. Oh, well, it's crazy, Ben. He doesn't have any cause to pick a fight with me. They're all crazy, Britt. Gunslingers like Wes. The idea of getting killed themselves, it it don't even enter their heads. If it did, they wouldn't be gunslingers. Well, you better get over to the hotel. Hmm? The word is Singer will get to town around 4 o'clock. I want you out of the way until I've finished with him. Until you finish with him? I warned him the next time he come into Lockwood and the prod, he'd have to answer to me. Oh. You, uh... You gonna shoot it out with him? If I have to. You're... You sure you can handle him, Ben? Of course I can handle um, No, Britt. No, I ain't sure. He's young. He's awful fast. Yeah, yeah, that's what Pete said. But I gotta try. If it turns out that I ain't still man enough, well, I always knew that sooner or later one of them would come along who was younger and faster. Now, listen, Ben, you you know, he's gunning for me, not you. That ain't the point, Britt. I'm the one who laid down the law. Told him what I'd do if he ever tried to pull off another shooting spree. Sure, sure, I know. So it's my job to stop him. Oh, you might be a better match for Wes. I don't deny that. And if he should get past me, not that he will, you understand. But if he should, well then... Yeah? But I just couldn't step back and let you take him on first. Why, the folks would never pay no heed to me afterward. They'd... They'd say I'd talk big to Wes, but it was your gun he'd listen to. You see my point, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, I see your point, Ben. We'll return to James Stewart as the sick shooter in just a moment. Be sure you're tuned to NBC Radio Thursday evening, March 25th, for the Academy Awards. At that time, you'll hear the entire Academy Awards ceremonies direct from the Hollywood Pantages Theater, where the finest artists in the motion picture industry will be assembled. Donald O'Connor will be your host, and during the evening, some 25 Academy Award Oscars will be handed to their new owners. It's Hollywood's most thrilling night of the year, jam-packed with glamour from beginning to end. And you can hear every moment of it when you tune to NBC. Right now, of course, the names of the Oscar winners are a highly guarded secret. A secret that any number of Hollywood actors, actresses, writers, musicians, and directors would love to know. Remember, it's a date with NBC Radio this coming Thursday evening. And that means be tuned to the station to which you're now listening for the Motion Picture Academy Award Ceremonies directly from the stage of the Hollywood Pantages Theater. of The Sick Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponson.
sure couldn't blame Ben for feeling the way he did. He was the sheriff, and if West Singer came into Lockwood bound and determined to have another gunfight, well, Ben would just have to take a stand, that's all. And I sure didn't like the idea. A young fella I'd never even met up with was gunning for me, and somebody else was going to try to hold him off. No, that's just... Didn't... Not that I was anxious to get mixed up with him or anything, but I just... Well... Anyway, as long as Ben had made up his mind, there wasn't much I could do about it one way or the other, at least for the time being. So I, I moseyed over to the hotel. And the clerk stopped me as I was passing the desk. He pointed to a woman sitting on the other end of the lobby. He said she'd been waiting for me to come in. Elderly lady, white hair, wrinkled yellow face with a blue straw bonnet tied under her chin. <clears throat> Uh, ma'am, uh... Yes? Uh, my name's Ponsett, ma'am. Britt Ponsett. Oh. Would you... Would you mind sitting down here, Mr. Ponsett? Sure, sure. It's, um... It's about Wes. Oh, yes, yes. Wes Singer, that is. I'm his grandma. I see, uh-huh. You know what he aims to do this afternoon, Mr. Ponsett? Well, I'd heard some talk about it, yes, ma'am. It ain't just talk. He means it. He means to kill you. No, no, don't get too upset about him, Miss Singer. There's probably won't be any trouble between me and Wes. Uh, What do you mean? Well, uh, Sheriff Heddleman will be waiting for him, and uh, if Wes starts anything, he'll more more likely land in jail. There ain't no jail could hold him anymore. And Ben Hittleman won't be able to arrest him again, neither. He'll shoot Ben without batting an eye. Uh, I'm afraid I don't understand you, Miss Singer. I figured you were worried about Wes. I I thought that's why you wanted to talk to me. Worried about him? I'm worried about all the men he's going to murder if somebody don't stop him. Men like Wyatt Barker and Todd Apple. Ben Hittleman, he'll be next. Uh-huh. Well, uh, just what is it you want from me, Mrs. Singer? I want you to kill Wes. I want you to shoot him down like you'd shoot down a mad dog. You're the sick shooter. You're the only one who'd have a chance against him. Well, now, Sheriff Hittleman's the law in this town, Mrs. Singer. It ain't up to Law? Me. What kind of law is it to turn Wes loose after his other killings? He ain't fit to live, Mr. Ponsett. Maybe it's my fault he turned out the way he did. Maybe if his ma and pa had been here to raise him. But they wasn't. I'd done my best. Of course you did, Miss Singer. Of course. He couldn't have been born mean. The meanness wasn't in his blood. I don't know how it got into him. Uh Uh-huh. Well, sometimes it's pretty hard to explain a thing like that. There's only one way he can end up. He'll be killed sooner or later. I'd even thought about doing it myself. Maybe it's my duty. No, no, you shouldn't be talking like this, ma'am. You've got to kill him, Mr. Ponsett. Today, this afternoon, before anybody else's blood is on his hands. Well, now, I understand how you feel, Miss Singer, but my trying to kill Wes wouldn't... It just... I just don't see how that'd be the answer. Then what is the answer? I racked my brain. I asked God's help done everything I could think of. What is the answer? Well, I'm sorry, ma'am. I'm afraid I just don't know. 
It was about three o'clock in the afternoon when Mrs. Singer left the hotel. I watched her get into her buggy and drive off. She sat there stiff, tall, her eyes straight ahead, not looking one way or the other. And I waited until she dwindled down to just a little speck, and then I walked outside. There was a kind of a stillness in the air, like on a hot summer day just before a thunderstorm. The town was practically deserted. Nobody was in the stores, nobody on the street. Nobody but Ben Hittleman. Britt, I told you to keep out of sight. Yeah, yeah, I know, Ben. Now, you get back to the hotel before it's too late. I'm, uh, I'm not waiting in the hotel, Ben. What? Now, I made up my mind. I've decided to take a little ride this afternoon. A ride? What are you talking about? Well, I thought maybe I'd head over that way, toward those hills over there. And run right into West Singer? Well, I suppose we might meet up if he's coming in that direction. You know darn well he's coming from that direction. I told you he lives east of town. Uh, now that I think of it, I guess you did, yeah. Uh, well, I'll be saying you... Now you listen to me, Britt. Now, I, I have listened to you, and I see your point, Ben. If there's a gunfight here in Lockwood, or if it looks like there's going to be one, well, it's up to you to do something about it. Well, ain't that what I've been telling you? Sure, yeah. But on the other hand, whatever happens outside of town, beyond the city limits, that is, well, I don't see that that's any of your business. Officially, no, but... Well, well... Britt, I won't let you do it. I know what'll happen between you and Singer. If you do get the draw on him, you'll hold off. You won't kill him. But if he gets the draw on you... So long, Ben. Britt. Britt! I didn't ride very far, just a couple of miles. Then I reined up near a clump of spruce. Whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa, Scar. Scar wandered around nibbling at some tufts of dried up grass. I settled down in the shade to wait. About ten minutes later, I saw him coming toward me. Not hurrying, just plodding along, slow, easy-like. Of course, I couldn't be sure that this was young Singer, but it seemed more likely that it was him. And when he got close enough so I could see his face, well, there wasn't much doubt about it. He was young, all right. Appeared to be younger than his years, just a kid. Not a bad-looking boy, either. But there was something about his eyes and the way they kept darting from side to side like an animal on the prowl. But when he saw me, he reined up and slid out of the saddle. Howdy. You ride out here from Lockwood, mister? That's right. I hear Britt Ponsett's in town. Is that a fact? He was in town. Was? I might have known he'd run out on me. You got any idea which way he headed? Yeah. I'm Britt Ponson. What? That's right. There's something I can do for you? For a second, his eyes stopped moving. and just stood there as if he didn't quite know what to do. 
But it didn't take him long to make up his mind. His right hand whipped down toward his holster so fast that it was all I could do to get hold of the shotgun before he finished his draw. And even then it looked like he might just go ahead and squeeze the trigger, but he managed to hold himself back. We weren't more than about eight feet apart, staring at each other. His revolver aimed right at my face, and the shotgun I'd bored from Pete Drum pointing straight at his belly. What are you trying to pull, mister? How's that? That, that shotgun. What's the matter with your six-shooter? Nothing. Nothing at all. All right, go ahead. You've been telling everybody around town you're going to kill me. All right, go ahead. You couldn't mess me. Go on, you couldn't mess me, not at this range. Sure, sure, but... But... But, but I'd still be able to let go with a blast, too, you know. Is that what you're worried about, Wes? And I guess it'd tear a pretty big hole through you. I ain't afraid. You think I'm a coward, don't you? I'll tell you one thing, I think. You know, you never faced up to the fact that you might get killed in one of these gunfights of yours. As long as you got off the first shot, you figured the worst the other fellow could do was just to nick you, if he was lucky. All right. Now, you can get off the first shot now. But if you do, I don't need to be able to aim this shotgun. I just couldn't help hitting you. You're you're loco, Ponson. We'd both be dead. Yeah. Well? You you can't expect a man to to commit suicide. All right, I'm waiting, Singer. You know there's no way to... You know I don't dare... That's right. But what do you expect me to do? I expect you to put your gun away and get out of here. And you'd better not come into Lockwood again looking for trouble, because this isn't the only shotgun in town. Well, after a minute or so, he turned and he climbed on his horse. And I... I I don't know for sure what happened to him after that. I heard that he moved on farther west and finally got into a gunfight with somebody who outgrew him. I guess it was bound to happen, of course. I just don't understand what gets into a fellow like him. this month before Easter, crippled children are making their annual appeal to you. They are appealing to you to continue to support the medical, therapeutic, educational, recreational, and vocational services which are indispensable to them. The services which are given by the Easter Seal Society in your community. Won't you answer the appeal of crippled children by giving generously to your Easter Seal Society? You may be assured that your gift will be used to provide services that would not otherwise be available to crippled children. Mail your gift today. You may send it to your local Easter Seal Society or to crippled children in care of your local postmaster.
The Six Shooter is a transcribed NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. It is based on a character created by Frank Burt and is written by him. Mr. Stewart may currently be seen in the Universal International picture, The Glenn Miller Story. Others in the cast were Elvia Allman, Sam Edwards, Will Wright, Howard McNear, and Bert Holland. Special music for this program was by Basil Adler, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. All characters and incidents were fictitious, and any resemblance to actual characters or incidents is purely coincidental. By the way, you'll be interested in knowing that the six-shooter has been chosen for broadcast to our men overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Services. This is John Wall speaking and reminding you once more that next week, beginning April 1st, the six-shooter will be heard on Thursday evening. Listen to Jan Murray and Sunday at Home on the NBC Radio Network. That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. I'll be back next Tuesday with another hour. In between now and then, you can find more from The Six Shooter, The Avenger, The Relic Radio Show, all the other podcasts, and lots more old-time radio at relicradio.com. If you'd like to help support this and all of the shows, click on that donate button. It's how all of this is made possible. My thanks, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll be back next week with another episode of The Relic Radio Show.